Hi everybody and welcome back to the PTC podcast. This episode of the podcast, as always, is brought to you by A Life of Education. Alifeofeducation.com is the world's only dedicated health and fitness educational website delivering health and fitness content to fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts from a variety of sections of the health and fitness world. With talks and lectures in areas of nutrition, anatomy and physiology, sports medicine, female development, yoga and pilates, strength conditioning, the business of fitness, and many more to be added in the future, Allo's mission is to bring leading experts from around the world of health and fitness together on one platform to share their knowledge and expertise on a global scale. So alifeeducation.com is going to um, offer fitness education, health and fitness education online uh, in kind of lecture format to anybody and everybody who wants to learn a little bit more about whatever aspects of the fitness world or health or nutrition that they're interested in. You don't have to be a specific personal trainer or yoga instructor or a fitness instructor. It's designed to teach anybody and everybody uh, stuff that, that they might want to learn about. There's talks on there about nutrition just generally nutrition has got a talk from ben coomer from the uk he has a whole uh, body type nutrition course on that it's got courses it's got uh, lectures on female development talking about menopause talking about pregnancy talking about uh, female kind of psychology it's got an area on the business business of fitness which is specific to, to the fitness industry but it's also just generally how to brand yourself how to brand your online perf- persona how to generate leads uh, for your for your PT business or your yoga instructor business um, there's also things on gait analysis if you are a trainer or a coach you want to see kind of you want to watch somebody walk or run on a treadmill and see how we can start to identify different parts of, of the run that might be strong or weak there's also anatomy and physiology section that I've done teaching you all about the musculoskeletal system joints bones, muscles, ligaments, you don't have to be a fitness instructor to know that, that's just interesting for people to learn, it's your body, it's your vessel, it's what you've got till you die, so yeah, lifeofeducation.com coming soon, Uh, hopefully you're going to launch it this summer, so this episode of the podcast, moving on, is with Stefan Bigu, and Stefan is one of the original pioneers of parkour, so he grew up originally in Paris, and he used to train and exercise and practice and learn from the original founding members of parkour. Um, a guy called Fabian, who I can't remember his second name, he is the villain in the first scene of the James Bond movie Casino Royale. If anybody remembers, the guy, James Bond chases a guy through a construction site. And Stefan is very good friends with him. They've done a lot of work, a lot of filming together ever since. And Stefan now lives in Dubai. And he runs Parkour DXB, which um, is just designed to to bring parkour to Dubai. So uh, he came to speak to us. It was a really interesting talk. He taught us a lot of stuff that I didn't know about parkour. It was very interesting to hear. Um, Something happens right at the very end when his microphone just shuts off for the last maybe 10 seconds. So just he, he was very gracious and, and appreciative of coming in, even though it sounds like he just sits in silence for the last maybe four to ten seconds. Anyway, we'll get on with it. This is myself, Matt, and Stefan Vigu.
guys, welcome back again to the PC Podcast. It's myself, and Matt, and Stefan Vigu. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> she's butchered it straight away. Yeah, <laughs> just went straight in. Um, Stefan is the owner of Parkour DXB yes, here in Dubai. Co-founder and, and partner at Parkour DXB in Dubai, yes. And you've got a couple of other branches. Yes, we open in a branch in Abu Dhabi, Parkour AD, and then we also are in Jeddah in uh, Saudi Arabia. Parkour KSA is the name of the branch. And yeah. Um, how did you get into it? You're, you're originally from France. We spoke just before the podcast. Parkour kind of grew up and was, was born in France from what I know about it. Is that correct? Yes, parkour is a French discipline. It's born in France uh, in the 80s. And I was, I guess, fortunate enough to be at the right place at the right time. And uh, I met the founders of parkour back then. They just live nearby. And um, it's something that really grabbed my attention straight away when I found about it. And I started to train uh, in the suburb of Paris in France. Uh, I started in 1998, so that's 20 years ago. Right, so what does parkour mean? Parkour, uh, literally in French, with a C, not with a K, is yeah. the word parkour, P-A-R-C-O-U-R-S. It's an op- obstacle track. It's a, it's, a, it's a way or a track. Yeah. That's the way. It's, it's a path, basically. Right, I see. Yeah. Oh, right, okay. So the idea being that you're just creating a path wherever, exactly. it was wherever you go. Initially, it, we had a huge uh, military influence uh, from one of the founders, who was a hardcore military. And then, um, so the obstacle course training also, you know, from the military was a part of the influence of parkour, yeah. originally. Going over obstacle from A to B and get where you want to be as fast and efficient as possible. That's one big influence of parkour at the beginning yeah sure and then how did it kind of evolve because it's, it's the one thing that's always sort of interested me about like martial arts and things it's like who was the first person to decide that this flip was the best way of doing it and so on and so forth yeah well that's the thing it's a process uh, like everything you create I guess music art they no one decided look we're going to create parkour and make it a sport and this mm. is all the set of techniques for parkour it was a long, ongoing process for years and years and years. It started with a mindset. I always say that. Come back to the mindset, which was really about exploring possibilities, um, a quest for identity for all of us, you know, searching for answers, misfit at schools, misfit in society. So that mindset yeah. creates a desire to research and learn and grow. And parkour happened to present a lot of challenges, and challenges always comes with opportunity to grow and to learn. So it was the mindset. And then so, plus the huge uh, martial art influence, Bruce Lee, superhero, all the Marvels, uh, and the military influence as well. And it was just about, can you do this? And try it out. Can you do this? Can you go there? Can you lift that up? Um, um, can you jump that far? Can you reach that tree? Can you, can you, can you, can you? And then with that kind of mentality, you try things out. And in the process of trying, you learn a lot. You don't manage to succeed all the time but at least you yeah. try and then this is how you know you, 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 you create technique and then you realize after years and years and years that some techniques make more sense for sure. specific situations yeah yeah I suppose particularly when uh, guys stop shoplifting and you know stealing stuff and really put it to the test like they're getting chased by the police and it's like the ones who really suck at it get arrested but the ones who find the most efficient way over it sort of uh, win yeah. well you know? th- that's uh, a thing we had I don't know why people always ass- um, associated with police we had great relationship with police all the yeah. time they come here what do you guys do on the rooftop we are training sir and they <laughs> we build a relationship in our city with the police and they actually respected us a lot because they knew we were actually 
um, uh, protecting the environment a lot. We care because a bench uh, has a use if it's a bench. If it's broken, we can't use it anymore. So we always pay, you know, take good care of the, the environment. So we had good relationship yeah. with police. I think it's just always that... Uh sort of typical scene in a film yes. isn't it where like yes. I think the first time I saw it probably on a film was the um, Casino Royale yeah. that, that starting well, scene my, with the my dudes my friend Sebastian was one of the founders as well and it is oh, really? one of the guys I learned from yeah. that's cool yeah. Yeah. who's Sebastian? Sebastian Foucault is one of the bad guys in Casino Royale he, he does yeah. the opening scene of the movie oh that's, that's, he's that's the guy yeah. yeah he's one of the founders and one of oh, the okay. guys I learned with yeah. back in France yeah he just always has that association with just running away from something yeah course you know it, it looks good visually yeah, you know? yeah that's why all the, the action movie nowadays have a parkour scene and then when did it start getting like i guess what's the term for it sort of categorized and taught and like when, when did that process start kicking off uh again it, it, was, it was a long process first we had to practice it ourselves so to make it a, a discipline on mm. its own and then i think naturally some of us because of all the benefits we got from parkour some of us started to share, you know, and, and, and help others because Paco helped us a lot. Um, individually, you know, I was really angry, really shy, really introverted, lacking of confidence on many levels. Paco helped me to, to become stronger and, and more confident in many, many ways. So at some point, I just feel natural to help and share that with others. This is how we started to have free classes, free sessions, and then it just become, become more structured eventually. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of like a similar progression to MMA where it's there's something very natural about it. Like it's like when people sort of see it or they experience it, there's something in them that it, it kind of resonates with. It's like, okay, this is probably something that my body was designed to do and now I'm taking it to like its fullest extent. Do you know? Whereas other sports, they, they you try it and think, oh, what's the point of this? Yeah. Like, like curling or something. You <laughs> can't quite feel the uh, the reason behind doing it whereas stuff no, like that there's like a meaning to it it's very true what you say it resonates in a lot of people it feels very natural like we're designed to move really yeah and parkour i think really embodies that idea and and, re- and visually represent that idea um the first time i saw parkour i was touched really deep inside I was like that's this, this big sense of freedom um it was just very powerful visually very very powerful and yeah. i think a lot of us as kids, we have that. We play parkour. Yeah. We explore. We climb. We swing. We jump. We fall. We start again. It's very natural, and we stop because society tells us it's time to go to yeah. find yeah. a job and sit in an office. But uh, it's, it's weird as adults like that, where we have to sort of the, the shit that we were already doing beforehand. We feel the need to like put a name on it, and like mm. it has to be this sort of ritual, sort of process of doing it, rather than as you say, when we were kids, like you just did that. Like that was just fun, you know? Yeah. There's an interesting meme I read a little while ago. It said like at one point. You went outside with your friends, you climbed a tree, and you ran around for the last time. Yeah, that's really sad. I remember nobody, seeing that one as well. Nobody knew. Like, oh, right in the feelings. Yeah, nobody one. knew it was the very last time, but at some sure. point, out you went with your, with your friends, and that was it. Then you stopped. Yeah, I think it's right around the point where you, uh, you experience the value of money for the first time. You're like, fuck, I want more of this. <laughs> and then suddenly you lock yourself away in a box. Trying to get more of it. We live in a very bizarre era, and society tells us it's time to get money and work. Yeah, like a lot of a lot of the school system, you're funneled into a team. Do you know? So okay, you're you're tall, you'll go play basketball. You're this. You're you're a boy, you go play football. You're a girl, like you go swimming or you go dancing. So you have to go to the place. You you know you stop just running outside for three hours on a Saturday morning. It's okay. Now you have to go all the way up there play and play your match. So people just then. That becomes their focus, doesn't it? Yeah, and again, that's how it started with the mindset. We, we were not satisfied by all the available options, whether it was schools or traditional sports or fitness. 
parkour was free in that sense and it was mm. a lot of exploration a lot of freedom to do whatever feels right for you no set of rules or set of techniques you know and that gives a lot of freedom and, and a lot of growth that comes with it are you a nightmare to go for a walk with <laughs> I used to be <laughs> it's like a fox like if, you're with, yeah, if you're with your girlfriend you should <laughs> be like what are you doing up there uh, <laughs> it does change your vision you'll see you'll see your space and your environment differently of course parkour you just see movement opportunities everywhere then yeah we, we call it the parkour vision I see jumps I see I see yeah I see bars I see stuff to roll underneath jump over uh, yeah, man, and it's that, like you were just saying then, the elimination of schedules and rules and things like that in the sense of, uh, like I think the problem with a lot of people have with sports is that they always have to go and schedule it. They've got to find time yeah. in their day to go and do it and then a group of people to do it with, whereas something like parkour, like, you know, whenever you want, you know, quite literally, even if you're wearing yeah. jeans and, you know, your work yeah. shoes, just kick them off and go nuts. What would a, um, how would you start somebody into a, a training program like what's the first, if we went now to a session I played a little bit of sport in my past Matt's played a bit of sport but like running and jumping is going to I'm afraid it's going to break my ankles I'm afraid it's going to bust my fingers or I'm going to fall on my wrist I'm going to get a broken broke my wrist as a kid oh here's my big long injury history I have a broke weak wrist I've blah 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 how would you what would you say to someone first of all first of all I think it's good that you have fear you know because we love to walk around fear in parkour Fear is a big factor in parkour, and we love to meet, encounter fear on a regular basis, getting exposed to fear, getting familiar with that feeling, and overcoming them. So it's essentially part of you have fear, good. We're going to walk around it, and it's going to help you to grow and be more confident in many ways. And then, more practically speaking, we have a method of training, different, different jumping techniques, vaulting techniques, climbing techniques, and we start with a scratch. Obviously, we'll assess where you are physically, what any, any injuries or pain you might have, uh, if you're fit or not. And then we start from there, and I'll start with the foundations. A lot of conditioning, body weight-based, most of it. Uh, that's the misunderstanding also. People have with parkour, they think we jump around all day long, whereas actually 70 80% of our training is body preparation. Make right. sure the body is healthy, mobile, and strong. And then that you use that potential to explore movement possibilities. But most uh, b- before everything else, the first thing is to have a healthy, prepared, capable body. And then you use that potential. And then we go through different techniques, running jumps, standing jumps, drop jumps, rolls, and then we take it slowly, you know, ground floor, ground level, small stuff, build the confidence, build the technique, make sure the body is okay. And then you, you know, take it, take it from there, make it bigger jump, higher jumps, and so on. Um, but a lot of body conditioning preparation, that's 70 80% of the training since day one. Would you say there is like a prerequisite before you start? Like if, if you had somebody came in and they were like, I don't know, 200 kilos or something mm-hmm. crazy, would you say like, look, if you can just get down to, you know, this way or this kind of... No, the only thing I will ask is the mindset. Are you willing to embrace struggle and change and challenges? If you have this mindset, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Uh, even if you're really, really overweight, then of course I'm going to not make you jump and do a lot of impacts. We're going to you know, make you fit and trim that, that, that body first of all. Body weight training is there's a lot of good exercise to do. We do a lot of uh, quadrupedal movements on the floor, or everything that's locomotion work, quadrupedal work. There's very little impact on that. You burn a lot of calories, makes you fit. It's very complete. So I'll, I'll work on definitely again back to the conditioning side. I'll make sure your body is prepared and ready, and we'll increase the technique. We'll inject uh, you know techniques as we go. But no, there's no restriction in, uh, regarding the body. Now, if your mind is refusing, 
struggle yeah. and challenge, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a common thing though, right? Yeah. Like having people just not be prepared to kind of go into it. Yeah. It's like the, uh, I don't know if it's a paradox as such, but it's, it's like a block that everybody has. And we experience it in the gym as well, where people say, oh, do you know what? I'm not fit enough to go into the gym. You know, <laughs> yeah, or I'm not tough, strong yeah, enough right. to go into the gym. You're like, yeah, that's why you're here. Exactly. Like, this is it. You yeah. know, the reason you feel tired all the time and the reason you feel lazy or that you see yourself as lazy is because you haven't moved. Like, your body's just mm. in stasis. Like, it's yeah. just this stale sort of thing. The yeah. second you get in there, you'll see it, right? But it's just that little transition just to get people in the fucking mm. door. Like, first Very door, true, right? yeah. Well, one of the, I have a class here I ran in Dubai, started recently. It's called Parkour Spirit because I believe Parkour is a. Um, it's a physical development, it's a mental development, but also some people, not all of them, I don't, I don't want to sound like a cult, but uh, mm. there's a bit of a spiritual development in there. I ask my student before they start the class, why are you here? Take a minute and reflect, why are you here? What's your motivation to come here? And then every now and then when it gets hard during the class, I get back to that. Remember, yeah. why are you here? And then gives a little extra push, you know, energy to, to carry on. Yeah, Understanding sure. why you do things and your motivation is really useful, I believe. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think in the same line of that, people almost need to experience like a significant enough dose of humiliation in their life, whether it be like they had to get their top off for a body fat test and they're like, oh, fuck, mm. do you know, or if they're just at the beach or if somebody makes a little comment or a jab or something saying like, oh, you looking a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little sort of like, you know, and you're like, oh, shit, just needs to wake you up, mm. do you know, like this combination of, yeah, spirituality and humiliation cause the effect for change. Yeah, I think some of the stuff that when people say they want to be fit enough to train, it's also a little bit of a pride thing on them. You know, they they don't want to show up and be humiliated. They want to yeah. avoid that humiliation. So, like, one of the things, well, I'd be thinking now, if you were to ask me, would I come along to a parkour? And what would I be thinking? is like, I'll be scared. Like, I'll be afraid. I don't know what, I don't know what to expect. So, I'll be afraid of looking silly or I'll be afraid of... Uh, are we going to run? Are we going to jump? What are we going to do? Because I don't want to get hurt. You know, I don't want to be the one who falls and twists their ankle and everyone mm. else is like running past me and jumping over walls and jumping over railings. And mm. I'm just like, no, wait for me. I've got a sore yeah. foot. There's a problem with social media as well because you know that half the people are then going to have their phones out taking pictures yeah, and videos sure. and stuff, right? I mean, that's the dark side of social <laughs> media. Oh, there's that guy again <laughs> on the floor. Look. There's again, oh, the big, big, there's so many misconceptions around parkour. There, there are way more injuries playing football or doing horse riding, for example, than in parkour or rugby. Yeah, yeah, rugby, definitely. The reason, one of the main reasons being in parkour, you know there's a risk. Clearly, it's in front of you and you pay way more attention. So it helps you to build awareness around your actions <clears throat> and that's something you rarely do when you play football you just play football you know and you don't pay attention about twisting an ankle tearing a ligament it's so common when you play football very touch, touch wood but we, we have very few injuries in parkour really yeah, yeah. that's what I wanted to get to yeah I'm the most injured since uh, amongst the the, 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 begin, the the pioneers of parkour you know, since you're the most years. injured yes. why because I started I, was, uh, I studied a little bit after the, the founders, and what happened is after a few years, I'd say after five years of my training, TV came to us, and that kind of really affected my way to perform. So my two injuries happened during a TV commercial. Oh. Nothing, would never, nothing major would happen during my own training. You can you know, bruise, get a bruise or whatever, but I would injure myself because I was too young to say no in front of a camera because mm. I thought it was part of the job, and I had to, and that's the mentality of performing and doing things well and just be strong blah 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 all that crap made me 
do one too many jumps on 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 set when it wasn't. Yeah, the ego creeps in. Exactly. Yeah. Too young, exposed to to the TV too young. Yeah. And what were the injuries? Tony given twice. I um, mean, one on each leg just to make sure I balance it out. In your knees or your ankle? Knees. Uh, the ACL. Oh, yeah. really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. And and that's me being the most injured amongst the twelve guys who started parkour. Uh, again, being I've, I've been exposed to TV scene, I couldn't control that that uh, aspect and pressure. But um, the idea again is just going back to the point is that parkour really teaches you to be conscious and aware. And and um, is that me? Mm-hmm. Nope, it's you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just being aware, really. Uh, you know, there's a danger. You're way more careful. You, you, it makes you really humble as well. You approach a wall or gap with a lot of humility. It's fucking real. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a difference between parkour. Well, no, let me ask you this. Is there a difference between parkour and those guys who run across, across buildings and leap across alleyways? Or is that just the higher level of parkour? It's a good question. Um, I see the difference in the why you do it and the how you do it. Visually, it might look the same. And I, I agree, that's a high level of practicing parkour. I've done it before, if you look at my Instagram. Uh, I recently did a challenge for a month where I was doing handstand on top of buildings in Dubai. The why... Wait, you're one of those guys, eh? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. But terrifies again, the, the why you do it and how you do it, for me, this is where the difference is. A lot of the kids nowadays, they have no preparation, no understanding of the risk, really. You could die, for real. People die now. And it's really, really sad. Uh, there's no respect for life in that, in that regard. Um, a lot of injuries. And the motivation of all that, again, the why, is, is all around getting more followers. And it's ego-based, mm. ego-feeding-based, you know. More likes, more views. And, and it's, it's completely against parkour. So w- which building was it? Uh, I did uh, the most famous one. I can't remember. It's a hotel on Sheikh Zayed. It's on your if Instagram? You at, yeah, on Instagram you'll find a video. So you're in handstands on the edge of the building? Yeah. Is it like what, how, one of the tall buildings. I, oh, my God. Yeah. When I see those things, <clears throat> it, gives me a, it gives me a weird pain in the back of my hands. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't give me the sweaty palm feeling. It gives me this, like, creepy skin feeling. On the, it's when I watch them, I have to oh, turn this off. I can't watch this. My hands are getting a weird feeling that... No other sense, no other visual thing. It's interesting. It's a really, weird, it's a nervous system thing. Yeah, Something wow. freaks out my nervous system, and the back of my hands get this like scratchy, itchy feeling. I have to like not turn this wow. off. I'm not watching this. That one, right? Yes, Is that's it? the picture, but there's actually a video. So it was part of What's a, the Instagram uh, there, man. So that's uh, so Stefan underscore Vigru. Vigru. Um, yes, he's literally doing a handstand. That's in downtown, is it? Yeah, it looks like that. Yes, it's yeah. a, I forgot the name. It's one of those famous hotels. On, on You're just on the corner of the building. Yeah. And it's how, how tall? Jesus. How high? Oh, high enough. Fall, yeah. Christ. It's like, on the rooftop, so. What uh, building you know, is it? Past 10 or oh, 6, 7, you don't want to fall. It's the same 7 stories or 20 or 30 or 50. It's, yeah, yeah. You die. So. Yeah, yeah, you're dead. <laughs> like, there's no, yeah, here's the video. Beyond, yeah, beyond... Is it seven stories? Beyond... No, that's... Uh, if you're, depends, what, I jump. What four. height would you survive from? It depends on how you fell, right? It depends if you land on your, on your feet or on your head. Uh, 10 meters? 15 meters? The highest I've done was around 6, 7 meters high. What's the highest you've fallen? Oh. A fall? You mean like real bare, basically, yeah? Ugh. Not high, 2 meters. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like no, because my sphincter again, is just tightening you're up. really cautious and you know... <laughs> And if you know what you're doing, you don't try those things un- unless you're hundred, like 
percent sure. You there's no room for error out there. No, know? not at all. And that's that's uh, you have to be aware of that. And people, they're not the young kids nowadays. They don't they don't pay attention to that. They're, it's close to stupidity, really. It's really sad. Because you can still do some really cool stuff like on the ground, just with poles and hoops and railings. I've seen people like. They jump like there's two railings very close to each other, say just down a walkway, and they'll jump over one and duck under the other. Yeah. Not touch if you, something. If you look at the last video I, we did yesterday, the last one I posted yesterday, yeah, you'll see it's just the concept is you and a rail. You have oh, yeah, yeah. if you know skydive, the um, calisthenic park. Yeah, yeah, it's got a rail this side. That's cool. And the five of us exploring different possibilities with a rail. So for people listening, you just yeah, you just that's it. Like that's pretty cool stuff. You're just spinning around backwards over a bar and then ducking around it. No, yeah, like I couldn't do that. But that's you don't need to be seventy stories high to no. to, to be impressive. No. But you like won't that. get as many likes with this. Yeah, one. of course. So that's a problem for the kids nowadays. Oh, uh, I, I don't like that. I will. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. Watch I, it. I physically don't like those videos, so I don't <laughs> watch them. So I don't double tap them. When I so see, you see the crazy Russian kids where they like go yeah. all the way up to the top of these things. Yeah. Like, oh. There's a guy on um, Russia. It's pretty big. Yeah. There's yeah. a guy on Joe Rogan's podcast who does it, but he went up one of the buildings they're building in the marina. He's not from around here. He's from somewhere eastern Eastern Europe. This is crazy Eastern Europeans and Russians, man. He went all the way up to the top of the crane that's attached to the building that they've just the residential tower they've just finished in in the marina. I don't know what it's called because they're so new. And he has got photographs of him on the top of the crane, just standing. Yeah. yeah. Like but stop the, the it. thing is, if you are my kind of level and you, you train and you know parkour well you know it's not hard to do hmm. it's visually impressive and it's spectacular and it gives you a lot of, of attraction but it's not hard to do hanging on the crane if you train properly your grip it's not a difficult thing you should train at height you train your vertigo um, it's, it's, it's nothing it's not cli- climbing actually free, free climbing yeah. on like those really difficult Award and that's yeah. the maybe that's job. what it was a that's free climber. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Alex Holland or whatever his name is. Holland hang, hanging on the crane is basically a rail. You can, anyone can hang on a rail, and then if you don't have any vertigo or no fear, then it's just hanging on the rail. You're just up there. But yeah. you're a climber as well, like, a little bit. That's, yeah. that's the thing with parkour. We we, we see ourselves have as a, it's, it's, a, it's a common word now as a gener- generalist right. versus specialist. So we do a bit of climbing, a, little, a bit of jumping. Uh, so what would a specialist do? Like what, what specialties are they? Uh, a climber would be a specialist. Oh, right. Just okay. climb. Oh, right. I see. Uh, um, um, a long jumper, uh, um, you know, in the, the Olympics would be a specialist. Oh, of just okay. long jumping. You're just doing, yeah, so yeah. you're like the, the CrossFit do, of the body weight world. We do, right? exactly. We yeah. do a bit of everything. That's I think cool. decent level, not specific specialist level. Yeah, that's the thing. It's going to get to a point, though, where some of those generalists, are kind of like the CrossFitters or you guys, will probably mm. start, you know, like getting serious with the... Uh, Specialties, do you know. Yeah. I'd imagine that there's probably a few CrossFitters who could make it in the weightlifting world. Yeah, do you know. Yeah, yeah. there's the girl who did the Brazil Olympics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was I don't know what her name is? She's from the UK. She was in the CrossFit Games three, four weeks before the Olympics. Hmm. Finished second, went on. I don't know if she medaled at the Olympics, but then the following year she came back. She won the CrossFit Games. Do you know? There's a, there's a big philosophy around like getting a rigorous foundation in like the general sort of stuff. Mm. Like particularly the whole argument like roids aside about why Russia was so good back in like the 60s and 70s with that they would just train everything up until the age of 18 so they'll mm. make you as big and as fast and yeah. as strong as you possibly would gymnastics. and then go into your yeah. specialty yeah. Movement, but, well, that's, would they not make the kids do gymnastics well, just cause, well yeah like everybody would do it sort of thing yeah. but as in like a gymnast you're pretty much starting from age 4 because like you're at your peak by like 13 mm. you know, well that comes back to the function. principle what you said about <laughs> movement you just get the body moving, get the brain moving, get to get, get... Well, also, you, you get to experience 
where you're going to best fit. You know, so for instance, like with the CrossFit people in weightlifting, they probably wouldn't have gone into weightlifting because it's like I'm not going to be good at that. But when they're going through, take the path of CrossFit, then suddenly they realise, ah, actually, mm. I could be awesome at this. Then I'll go into it. So it's yeah. like a nice big stepping stone to many different disciplines. You know? Yeah, and also I believe when you become a specialist, we improve the f the performance side of things. Uh, it's really physical in that aspect. Yeah. But you, at the expense of all the, the growth you have from lear learning something new and struggling and learning something new, where all the, the also the, the, the neural pathways you develop. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Um, yeah, always being in a struggle and challenged is really, really healthy. In parkour, we do this all the time. You have this variety of, of movement and challenge that you, you, you can't be a master at parkour. There's so much to do. Yeah, that's exactly the same rationale I use for, well, to try and sell people on the idea of weightlifting. It's like, look, your spinning class, you're on a bike and it can only go in like one dimension as in you're pushing mm. those pedals down. Yeah. And so by the time you've done that for a month, there's, there's nothing new happening, you know, yeah. whereas weightlifting and like parkour, the extreme of this, you can constantly create new environments for yourself. Yeah. And by as weightlifting, you, say, you mean gym training or, or gym training or whatever, as in like we can make as many different programs yeah. as we like. Yeah, we see. can change the speed, the load, the exercise complexity, all of these things. But As you say there, every time you experience something new physically, emotionally, or whatever else, mm. you, you get the stimulation of the immune system that then creates all this neurogenesis and all these uh, rewiring and repairing of neurons in your brain that then make you want to go and do more new things. Yeah. Do you know? So it's like a literal growing. Like, I think that's, that's where you would probably observe people who feel like they've had a spiritual kind of journey. But I would say it's more neuro neurophysiological that they're just mm. firing up new parts of their brain mm, and yeah. all these new neurons are firing up and lighting up and now they're able to achieve more. They've got happier, they're not as scared and it's just this kind of cascade of, uh, of, yeah. like of, of, of brain activation through the movement patterns. That You're not going to get that in a gym, you're not going to get mm. that. And, and, and at the end of the day, we're here to live. That's why I keep saying to my students, we're not here to jump. I couldn't care less about the jump, the size, the lens, the likes you had. Is it in some ways helping you being a better version of yourself, having a better life in some ways? That's That really matters. The jump, who cares, you know? Um, yeah, just the fact that you're meeting other people, new people, and you're doing something new that's kind of taking you away from your office and your you know playstation or whatever else like as well on top of that yeah yeah you're, you're quite literally growing as a person like as i say it's not even a metaphorical thing it's uh it's very very real and, uh, and you mentioned joe rogan i'm a big fan as well yeah and you always have this analogy with, with fighting being a, a high level of problem solving yeah mm. same with parkour and, and again this idea of being str struggling challenging and solving problems is very very healthy and, and parkour is, is all about here's the situation And this is the goal of the task, task-oriented training or problem-solving training. This is what we do all the time. How do you unlock that? How do you solve that with your body and your brain? Mm. Here we go. And then try. Can you do this? Can you do that? That was how it started. Can you? Can you? Can you? Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does. doesn't really matter. The process and the journey of, of putting yourself in difficult situation and trying to find it out, to figure it out, is priceless. Yeah, yeah, and it resonates with people, and that's yeah. why the sport sort of grows and say with MMA and all those sorts of things. It's yeah. literally getting over obstacles, isn't it? Like yeah. it's literally, yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah. There is a railing or there is a little wall. You're here. I want to get there. How do I do it? There's an obstacle in the way. Yeah. How do I do? Get over it. Yeah. <laughs> Go get over and it. And again, that's a very healthy habit, and that also builds the habit of not being stopped and get where you want to be. Again, it can translate into your life, and and I see a huge benefit in that. 
Yeah, people will uh, underestimate the mental health aspects of yeah. some of these things. It's like if you ever want a cure for your anxiety and stuff. Obviously not like serious anxiety and depression, whatever, but like the day-to-day rut, like experiencing something new and challenging yourself in that for way sure. and, and solving problems. Like, Life is full of obstacles. Yeah, right? for sure. Talking to a girl can be challenging, opening a company, starting a new business, quitting a job, whatever. Fear comes in, it's an obstacle. Where do you want to be? The why, where do you want to go? And, and, and the habit of, of not being stopped and overcoming obstacles and fear. That's what parkour does, essentially. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so what, so how, many, uh, how many classes and things are you doing over here in Dubai? Like- uh, so we have uh, an academy now with 12 coaches. We started with two coaches, now we are 12. Sweet. So Business is good. Yeah, it's going well. We're really happy. Um, and we teach in about 20 schools, extracurricular. That's cool. Yeah between Dubai and Abu Dhabi and we have a gym in Alcoz uh, in Al-Sakal Avenue and we teach classes every day uh, from let's say 2 to 3 p.m. until 8 to 9 p.m. Uh, starting with the younger ones 3 to 4 years old up to adults in the yeah, evening really. how tough was that to get like all the uh, health and safety clearance and every other thing was that a challenge or was that f- no that it was actually quite easy well first of all all coaches are qualified uh, it's part of the, the work I've done in the UK where I co-created a, a parkour qualification recognized and approved by the UK government and Sport England and first for Sport UK and that uh, helped us here to get um, uh, visas so all our coaches here have insurance and visa and yeah. that's, that's all they ask when you um, yeah when you do the visa you know, procedure they all ask for qualifications and we do have that so Sure. Yeah. And what sorts of things are you doing with like the little kids, like the three-year-olds and stuff? Are they just jumping about and yes, rolling, just jumping, vaulting, climbing, task-oriented, yeah. a lot of problem-solving, teamwork as well. Yeah. Uh, we also want to help them, helping the others. Once you get strong, it's good. It's good for you. But how about this guy who's struggling? They are giving a hand, you know, uh, help him out somehow. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to movement. think that, that that sort of stuff was like the curriculum back in like the 50s right? and 60s. Like yeah. That's just what you did. That was PE. It's whereas true. somewhere along the line, it turned into just like playing football every day. Yeah. But it's like organic food. It's the same. Now, back in the days, organic food was yeah. the only food we had, right? Now, yeah. organic food is a luxury. Um, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's just a funny aspect of human nature. But it's one of those things where, and I guess it's like, it's like the process of mastering any skill or developing anything. It's like the basic things you started with were you sort of come to the realization that that's all you ever really needed but yeah. you you can't just go a to b you have to go through all the shit first yes then to come to the realization you know you yeah. can't just it's like when bruce lee explained how the, the punch p- punching yeah, yeah exactly that Being very very far and come back to just a punch yeah. say, that, say what he said on, please. i can't remember exactly it's, but it was something yeah. like that where he, he his research of of throwing a punch went to throwing a punch and then to some very sophisticated research and elaborated training and getting lost in that zone really, really deep and then to come back eventually when you get to an expert level mm. where a punch is a punch. Yeah. But you need that kind of Jordan process to get back to that simplicity, I guess. It came from a, a Zen... I, can't remember, it's, I think it's in the Tao Te Ching or whatever, Lao Tzu's book, but it's like... Uh, basically, it was, I think it went something like uh, when you first start learning Zen, a mountain is just a mountain and a river is just a river. When you start uh, learning Zen, a mountain is more than a mountain and as a river is more than a river. But when you master Zen, a mountain is just a mountain and a yeah. river is just a river. And he took it to punching and kicking and right. 
it's the same thing with us. Like, you know, when we start off, like, okay, fuck, it's like a squat and a deadlift. And then when you really get into it, you kind of go through that arrogant stage where it's like, oh, well, yeah. no, this is a high bar squat, and this is a low bar mm. squat, this yeah. is a deadlift, and this is how it should go. And you get in all the fights and the arguments. And then when you kind of reach some level of understanding, you're like, oh, fuck, it's just, mm. just squat, man. Like, it's yeah. just a deadlift, who cares? Yeah, but no, yeah, you could, take it, you, you could talk about the depth of a squat. No, you, you've got to go below your knee, you've got to go to this, you've yeah. got to get your hips oh, down, you've got to go this, you got to. And then you get this isn't really working. Like the people I'm seeing aren't really, why don't I just back off this bit and just let people squat the way they want to squat and see what happens. Yeah. Oh, everything turns out okay. Mm. Well, let me just stay with a squat. Whatever way you want to squat, you squat. So yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's just a weird thing about human nature. So it's like, fuck, let's just, it's let's hard just nowadays, class, like. It's hard nowadays to okay. stay simple and yeah. keep the quality at the same time. Well, because we're always just trying to change shit. Like, we're always just trying to find, like, the most efficient way or whatever else. And so then we get in the muddle of it all, like, you know, when, uh, as I was saying, like, at the very start, like, about it, sort of, there's something in you that resonates with certain things. Like, mm. oh, this is what I'm just supposed to be doing. Like, your body kind of knows, right? There's, like, a, yeah. an innate intelligence to it. Um, because you've, you've simply grown and developed in a certain way to allow certain things to happen. And it's like, okay, well, you've adapted to do that. Therefore, mm. doing it should probably feel pretty good right yeah. like you know yeah it's a very satisfying practice as well Paco I encourage you guys to come next my treat you'll see there's a, there's a very strong feeling of achievement because it's a very direct experience you're here and you want to get there and there's one obstacle on the way and once you manage to overcome that and get where you want to be it's an instant reward it's like oh my god it feels so good yeah you know? um, but that's, that's an innate thing I think yeah. like, that's just what people like you know I imagine like back when you were we were all fucking around in caves and stuff like that like to bring down a mammoth you're like yes yeah. you know and you're going to get that on an infrequent enough basis that it's rewarding every time whereas like now today you know we get anything we want at the mm. drop of a hat so you sort of lose touch with that so it's, yeah it's good mm. to sort of try things and challenge yourself for sure I'm already scared about my ankles. <laughs> yeah, I'm worried about my hamstrings. I'm already thinking about my hamstrings. I'm going to tolerate it. My ankles. Tear. I've never had any ankle problems before, but I can just. I'm just thinking about jumping off something concrete onto something else. Your mind is playing tricks yeah. already. No, uh, it's, you're right. You have to go and do it. I think like it's really good that you're getting the kids involved because they're like laying down the foundations for all these different movement patterns. Um, it's the same when I think when we talk about how gymnastics benefits kids. Uh, gymnastic keep adults who do gymnastics as a kid have a much different physiology hmm. than somebody who's just played tennis or just cycled or just just played a team sport like you can almost tell that when somebody you see somebody moving or you see someone in a few different stretched positions you're like oh you've done something as a kid like you're maybe your your overweight physique or your really puffed up bodybuilder physique is telling me one thing, but when I see you move, you're all the way in this like mm. hamstring full length position. It's like, okay, yeah. did you dance or did you do gymnastics as a kid? It's like, yeah, Mobility, I did. Coordination. Yeah, they lay that foundation that's always going to stay there once they f- finish growing. Coordination um, for sure. My yeah. test for that is always can they catch a ball? Mm-hmm. Do you know, when you see like <laughs> yeah. a grown man, and you just can't quite can't quite get it yeah. That is, yeah. well we, I t- yeah well I played rugby when I, I went from playing f- Gaelic football where you use your hands and your feet in Ireland on the pitch to playing rugby and some of the best rugby players that we would play with you would just see them try to jokingly try kick a ball and it's like four year olds kick a ball better yeah, than yeah. you like you're a great rugby player because you've used your hands since you were five and six years old but I'm sure you could catch a ball but can you kick a ball and then they just throw a meter up in the air, take like four little steps, swing a, <laughs> swing a peg at it and just clip it. 
But um, I think coordination as well. But I think like mm-hmm. just balance and proprioception, mm-hmm. like the ability to allow your feet bend and twist and turn and your brain doesn't freak out and your, your leg muscles musculature understands where the foot's going so you you drastically reduce ankle injuries yeah we do a lot of uh, rail balancing where we just balance the walk on the rail uh, or beams but most of the time in the street you find uh, round rails yeah that's absolutely part of parkour training yeah i think so it's good for the knees uh, proprioception as you said yeah. ankles and knees uh, a lot People who have also flat feet issues, I fix a lot. Of, I help people because, um, again, it, it walks a lot of muscles with pro- through proprioception that you don't usually do if you walk in a gym, you know, yeah. tra- tra- traditionally. Yeah. Um, even if you even if you just run around or play play sports, because um, I think like <laughs> moving around the world on the planet, you have to stay upright as a human we've got to stand up right that's where we're more efficient and then the ground is always going to be uneven and to be able to adapt to all different types of terrain instantly is very primal though mm. if you're if you're trucking yeah. through a forest if you're going over hills it's not flat smooth marble concrete passageways it's it's all over the place and if you're always looking at where you're going to put your foot because you're because you, you've got weak ankles or you've got dodgy ankles as an adult, you're massively debilitated. Whereas the people who can just focus on the horizon and keep walking and keep going, going up and down, I think that's where hikers, you know, they do so well. Now the more you hike, the more you go on this undulating thing. But if you have that foundation laid from when you're kids, it makes life so much easier, yeah. so much more efficient. And again, there's two aspects of that. There's a physical ability to adapt to the terrain but also a mental ability to read the terrain as well and, and, and the two of them makes you really um, capable yeah yeah I think that's really important I think that's that's where kids who do gymnastics just simply based around being able to roll tumble land on their feet twist and jump the contact with the ground at such a young age in all yeah. these different positions makes them just higher level functioning adults yeah, and I wish sure. I had done it I'm not speaking from experience but I see sure. people I've seen and met we see it in parkour as well people with gymnastics background do well in parkour yeah definitely yeah. and it's not because well it is because they're both similar but people from gymnastics would almost do well in anything hmm. because it's such hmm. and now if it's very if, complete yeah. yeah same with parkour I imagine yeah. you, you, it's like where is the major difference between parkour and gymnastics like surely it's, it's on the same we have more jumpings and we have more climbing. If I have to summarize, I'd, I'd hate to hate to do it, but if I had to summarize it with three s- uh, traditional disciplines, that would be gymnastics, climbing, and, and track and field. That's what parkour is. Yeah, roughly. It's yeah. more than that because, yeah, it's way more than that. But roughly, if I had to break it down into three disciplines, that would be those three. That's very interesting. And you were saying before we recorded the podcast that you that it's just been recognised in the UK as a as an official sport. Yes, Parkour UK, uh, which I co-created, is now the official federation for the sport in the UK, and Sport England has now recognised parkour as a sport in the country of, of of UK. So it's a big thing for, for parkour, and a big thing for the young kids who will benefit from parkour being a sport and and introduced into their schools in the curriculum. And, and now that it's considered a sport, do you do you have to hold like regular competitions or like do you have to maintain how do you maintain your status or is it it's just done not yet uh and and hopefully not through the federation there are different competition models and formats in the world but they're all private events essentially 
parkour is not really a competition thing in the sense that you're not really competing compete, competing with others you're more competing with yourself and, mm. and try to bring the best of you developing yourself and you can play with friends yeah that's why if someday I'm I would love to have a, an idea of, of, of how to do that um, I would like to create an event uh, where the games I, would, I like the, more, the word games would be played by a team mm. and would also highlight all the different elements of parkour so obstacle course would be one but also teamwork would be one also assessing decision making would be one um, how you assess uh, a situation also and how you solve the problem would be another one so yeah. I, would, I, would, I would make sure that event ref- reflect all those aspects of parkour decision making overcoming fear working together solving a problem sure. not just the format, the the current uh, competition format you have now is basically a track A to B, yeah. like Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, like that's what's popping into my mind. And it's time, boom. Yeah. Sometime, oh my God, you have a, a judge who 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 assess your uh, score, your style, and that's it. But it's basically right. A to B as far as you can. Is that just it. an aesthetic thing? Like, okay, you look really good. It's very physical. Parkour has way more to offer. But when they're when they're judging like the style of it, is that just purely like how good it looks? Do you know? Yeah, it's very subjective yeah. as well. Sure. Um, what, what would, sorry, what would an example be of the problem-solving thing as a team? Like, what, what would you imagine that looking like? Could be, um, could be okay, you, you're a team, you, you have to, to travel from a place to another. Mm. Um, and how do you do this with all the team? Let's keep it simple. How, how do you get all the team going across? Right, I see. You okay. probably have to create bridges to yeah. think about using a tool, uh, using, uh, how, with the setup, again, depending how the setup is, how do you make sure everybody starts from A and, and reach B yeah. with the different abilities we have in the team? The, the, and, and on the way, you might have obstacles that require balance uh, or other one that require uh, strength. Or, sure. How do you work it out like this? There used to be, uh, like back in the 90s, I think it stopped around the early sort of noughties, but back in the UK, they used to have like these, I can't remember what the official name was, but it was like the Royal Games where different facets of the military would compete over an obstacle course. Mm-hmm. But it would be like, here's like um, kind of one of those old school like Napoleon type cannons, mm-hmm. right? Here is it in pieces. You have to get all of the pieces over this obstacle course yeah. and assemble it at the other end. Yeah. Man, like it was amazing to watch these guys. There'd be like one dude hanging onto the cannon being flipped up over this yeah. rope thing that the other guys have built and yeah. like, Jesus Christ. Like it was, uh, yeah. it was like, parkour on roids suddenly um but from what you're saying there about getting people from like through a course would it be like from point a there's the start and there's a point b that's the finish line or like something like like a gymnastics discipline where you have seven you have the pommel horse or let's say you have the railings or you have the thing you need to climb Mm -hmm. Put your, t- put your best teammate towards this one, put your best teammate over there towards that one, put the other person towards that one. No, no, it's together as a group. How do we all get there? Everyone's right yeah. there. So you probably have to be creative in terms of, of building bridges. Let's say there's a gap. I can do the, dro- the, the, the gap, I can, but you can't. Yeah. For whatever reason, your ankle is yeah. not happy that day. <laughs> Pussy. <laughs> yeah. How do we work it out? Uh, with the team and the strengths we have within the team. That, that would be one aspect of the game, but there's many, many games I would like to introduce. Again, with the idea of reflecting all the, um, the aspects of parkour. How, how do you measure? It costs a lot of money. Yeah. Well, uh, the government games was somewhat similar, wasn't it? They had played games like expensive. that. Yeah. Actually, my, my colleague, yeah. my partner, Chris, when I uh, created Parkour DXB, was, was part of the uh, FAS 3 team. Oh, yeah. Yes. With Sheikh yeah. Hamdan. So they won. Yeah, uh, the game obviously. Of course, yeah, the SAS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just flew in. 
people. And uh, yeah, they they won the game. But that that seemed like I mean I didn't see it. I only saw little clips of Instagram. But that was it. Seems like what you were sort of talking about, like game based, team based stuff. Yeah, but the thing is, like this is this is an obstacle course. Yeah. Setup. Um, I would like to see parkour get set up where you assess decision making, where right, you assess the quality of your movement, something with uh, maybe sound monitoring system where, again, you have to execute a route or a set of, of technique, but how do you execute it with kind of the quality of, of the, the technique? Yeah. Sound is always an indi- indicator of, of, of mastery and control. Sound. Yeah, in parkour. The way you land, some uh, interesting studies have been made in, in London actually, and they measure a drop uh, from like this height or table just mm-hmm. on the floor and they've seen like we we absorb impact like no one mm. else in the world like no athletes uh, and they compare us yeah. to high level dancers high level athletes sure and we have a way to absorb that's just very new for science yeah you know? that's a way one of the coaching cues we use when we're doing like a box jump like yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hear it I don't want to hear you exactly. land exactly sound you know? is an indicator of, yeah. of, of, of control and quality for me yeah 100% that's cool so yeah, how much sound a team registers, that'd be interesting. You can almost see that if you watch the, the videos, they do the super slow-mo videos where you just see someone you're running and they just jump over the thing. Mm. But when they land, it's like they land and they just continue yes. all the yeah, way down really to their smooth. heels. Yeah. yeah, and then they just stand up and just walk off. And it's like, if, that's what I'm afraid of my ankles. If that was me, I would have just juggernauted straight into the thing yeah. and just... Doosh, Put my shin <laughs> into my knee, but the game will start slow, small jumps. <laughs> you'll experience that on, on a very, you know, your level. You'll build the confidence. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, we're down for sure. Just call we'll me a it. pussy, and then fuck. Okay, God damn it, I'll do it. Um, that's cool. So, well, how does the regulation change, or like, how does making it a sport change how it's been over the last twenty years? Well, the good things of having parkour now a bit more established is that it makes it more accessible to people. So we are reaching more people, a wider, bigger audience in that sense, which is good because I believe parkour has a lot to offer to people. So it it opens up doors for people, it makes it more accessible. So that's that's good in that sense. There's always a uh, a double-edged sword, you know. The downside is that it's a bit too established now. So... Yeah, parkour have, have this idea of no people have this idea of parkour as being a set, uh, like a set of technique, and you and you, you do parkour. Everything becomes more rigid. Again, if you go back to the creation, I, that's why I feel very fortunate to have discovered parkour back back in the days because mm-hmm. it was in the creation process and exploration and and everything was about exploring and and and, and learning new stuff. Now, mm-hmm. so you have this creation exploration where you're creating something you have no idea you're creating then you look back and say okay that was parkour and now people practice something established so it's a discipline you have method of training you have techniques so you you're, you're practicing something that's already established so it changes a bit uh, the the mindset and the mentality uh, but from a physical point of view i guess i'm happy that it's become more accessible mm. yeah. what about from a, an administrative perspective is it going to be more regulations is it going to be like and you need to have certain insurances yeah, you need my to God, have I, I don't know if you guys want to go into details here because it's not your, your kind of audience but there's a big big debate and fight happening now basically the FIG the Fédération Internationale of Gymnastics is losing a lot of members in the world gymnastics is going down parkour is going up so right. there's a clever guy at the top of FIG decided to kind of um, own parkour and then create an, or their own kind of sub parkour federation branch of the part of the gymnastic branch 
federation. And so the parkour community is really unhappy with that. So we, there's a lot of fight and a lot of people getting organized and, and, and getting federation set up in their own countries to fight and counter um, the action from the gymnastics. Yeah. So they're trying to absorb, they're trying to like... Encringement, what's the word? Encringement? Yeah, encringe on what you're doing. Like, yeah, yeah the trying to steal your shit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much so. It makes yeah. sense from from a business point of view. They're, they're, the gymnastics is getting boring. They're losing members. Parkour is is booming, and they see the similarities. They already have the the infrastructure, the money, the funds. They're pretty established, so it's easy for them to just create a a sub branch. Yeah. And, and and surf on the wave, you know. It seems to be the process of most sports as they just grow. Mm. You know, that's just like one of the side effects, yeah. like you're saying about it being established. Like, yeah. I, I always sort of. Uh, well, I can empathize with, I imagine, guys who were doing MMA at the very start mm. of it. And then suddenly there's every sort of douchebag wearing yeah. a tap out yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. Like, ugh, this so wasn't this, my thing. The, the risk of that is like gymnastics people will start creating qualifications and educational program for yeah, parkour. This is, this is yeah. what I was wondering. Yes. And then yeah. they'll, they'll, essentially, they'll be telling me how to teach parkour, right? And I will have to be qualified with their shit, which is... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but that's essentially what CrossFit has done. Yeah, CrossFit have created a, whole, a, a new thing which is great, and then they've, but they've kept it separate all the way along. Mm-hmm. They've never come into the mainstream fitness world, so they've not connected to any of the, like, this. You need to be this certain qualification. You need to be mm-hmm. that certain qualification. You need to be that certain. They've gone. This is our one. This is what we're going to do. If you want to do CrossFit, this is the certification you need to teach. Mm-hmm. And everybody in the strength, the weightlifting, the coaching, the whatever other the the other part of this sports industry has just stayed over here and then all the CrossFit guys have gone through their weekend courses and they have a massive brand Hmm. that would stand alone irrelevant of the Olympics irrelevant of weightlifting do you know so that's that's kind of the model that they've they have protected what they Hmm. created so it's definitely possible yeah. Um, nobody from the weightlifting world came in and said right we're going to take we're going to call this CrossFit and we're going to we're going to create these higher level qualifications. So it's possible. No, for sure. That's why the, the, the parkour community is getting organized now. And, and I'm glad that we did the work in the UK to establish the first parkour federation in the world. It's the for NGB in the UK. It's called Parkour NGB. Uh, it's a national governing body. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, so Parkour UK is, is the, the body for parkour. And that helps to fight fear because it's actually UK is, is a big country. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but it would also strengthen your own sort of brand. I mean, like these things, they always seem really bad at the start, but like th- this is just kind of like life putting it to the test, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And then it'll you'll end up coming obstacle. with yeah, exactly yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it'll end up being better for it, probably. Yeah, hopefully. How come it's not? Gone? How come France wasn't the first? <laughs> the French mentality. Oh. <laughs> I guess you guys in the UK. There's one thing. Uh, we've, we've, in France, we're very much into admin stuff. Like the paperwork is so heavy. Uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, I think we, we're good at creating stuff. We're not good at selling them as well. That's another yeah. thing we... Uh, Brits, we just like stealing other people's shit. <laughs> yeah. We just turn it into our own. Like, oh, look, we, we did a, a documentary <laughs> called Jump London. Uh, you can check it yeah. out online. Uh, it was the first time parkour has been introduced in the UK. Mainstream, Channel 4, 7 p.m. on a Sunday, you know big time and that was the beginning of parkour and the way Mike Chrissy the director I love this guy he captured a very nice image of parkour not just in front it was like oh the, the, the ghetto guys uh, running out from the police stealing stuff mm. uh, there's no future it's really dark UK came and all, wow it's amazing when you guys do there's so much to do we, we respect that it's an art form it's a discipline it's beautiful let's 
let's present that to the world. And yeah. it was presented in a very nice uh, way and had a really big impact on, uh, since then on, on, uh, on the was this, Did this have a lot of people featured running on the corners of buildings? like the the landmarks Brit- in, in the Yeah, UK. the British so architecture. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Were so, you in that? Uh, I was in just so you see me there. Okay. I, was, I did all the choreography for the action, but oh, my yeah. brother was there, Sebastian Foucault, the guy from Casino yeah. Royale, is, in, is one of the main characters in there. But it had a big impact. Again, the, the way it's been presented to the UK audience was very different from the French. It's very world. artistic. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it wasn't yes. like, it wasn't competitive. Yeah. And it wasn't like, these are the, these are Superman. It's just, mm. this is what they do. An they expression just, of, of yeah, yeah, this is where they go. Uh, there wasn't much verbal dialogue in it. Sure wasn't. It Not was so much. Yeah, there were a lot of uh, beautiful yeah, imagery. Just, just uh, watching the yeah. movement, just watching the architecture on go the by. London landmarks. Yeah. Uh, uh, HMS Belfast was one of them. Shakespeare's yeah. Globe was one of them. Um, I can imagine like places like London and Paris are pretty more fun to run in just because like the buildings are kind of all like out of shape and out of yeah. alignment and probably high enough where you can jump over it. But I, yeah. well, look, the landmarks looks good on camera, but to be honest, uh, we like it dirty in parkour. Yeah. Dense, rough. Sure. We like the more obstacle, the more dense it is, the, the better it is for us. If you put us in a flat like desert, it's not so much to, you can just <laughs> roll, do push yeah. up, do a handstand, but I can imagine it's probably tougher in somewhere like New York. There's just loads of skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah, know? exactly. Yeah, what do you do? There? Yeah, like it's, you do yeah. a handstand, you look good. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but we like dense, busy areas with a lot of walls, bars. Yeah, like weird little side streets and things. How's it in public spaces here in Dubai? Not so good. It's not the best place to do parkour. Uh, I don't know if I should say that. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm trying to to develop parkour here. Um, it, 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 uh, a lot of the places you have, they are private spaces. Private spaces mean you have security. Right. And they, as soon as security sees something different, it's not acceptable. You, mm. know? you, you can try to debate with them, but you can't do that. But why? You can't do that. But why? You can't. You know, that's the answer. Yeah, of course. Um, so private space is a problem. And you're talking about private spaces as in like... The, 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 you know, the staircase of a building, for example. Okay. Uh, they're all private-owned stuff. In France, you have all those estates. You have them in, the, in, in, in London as well. Uh, estates, we have a lot of walls for no reason. Walls, yeah. uh, gaps, staircases. You can use no one. The building with the staircases yeah. outside that just... No yeah. one cares. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Estate. Um, yeah. yeah. And so here's not that great. And, and ruins yeah. of buildings, old buildings, empty buildings. Yeah. Here it's a bit different. So it's not as rich here, but again, uh, parkour, uh, it's a mindset. So if you have this desire to move, you'll find opportunity to move anywhere, everywhere, anytime. Uh, that's the beauty of parkour. Is it as rich as uh, the suburb of Paris of London? No. Yeah. If you were to say, right, so f- when me and Matt were running the marathon, we had, right, we need a big session today. I, n- I need to go to Kite Beach. This is where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. If you were doing that for your parkour right screw up had a stressful day i just need to parkour where would you where, where's the place you go straight by yourself earphones in umsukim park is a good spot uh i go i go to the block in dubai a lot at the moment in design district oh yeah yeah what's uh, out there sorry what's out at the design they built a very nice area by the by the water uh, where you have climbing blocks so they're just huge concrete blocks they put they stacked one on each other and it just happened to be really good for parkour. And they also built some sort of a calisthenic part around it where you have bars to do climb ups or, or, or deep uh, bars and stuff like that. Uh, ladders, 
robes. Um, so yeah, I like to go there. Uh, I still go to JBR on my own. Uh, I like to go to skydive as well. Yeah. You have those railings around that we use a lot, as you can see on the video. Yeah. Um, plus it's shaded, now it's good. Um, yeah, skydive, Umsukim Park, JBR, the blocks. Uh, Do people know you by now, or is just, there's that crazy guy jumping over that thing? Like yeah, you? they know us now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The security likes us, actually, at Umsukim Park. It's very, uh, very supportive. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. That's good. So if people wanted to join, if like if people, you have Parkour DXB as your indoor facility. Yes. Which is probably the place maybe people might start off. Mm-hmm. Where's that, sorry? It's in Alcercal Avenue in Alcos. Oh, yeah, Just yeah, like yeah, five yeah, minutes yeah, away yeah. from here. It's next That's to cool. Happy, isn't it? It's in Happy yes. at the moment. Yeah. Uh, so the, the initial uh, concept with Happy was to have a house where you could eat well and move at the same time. So that was the initial concept from yeah. Paul Frangi, the chef over there. He's one of our partners. And we are moving out now soon in a, in a proper, just solely parkour gym. It's such a hipster place, that area. Happy yeah. or Alcicle? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Like, yeah. it's, uh, what's that place where we, we... Did you come with me once to do some work? Or maybe it's Chris, where it's like these little kind of treehouse little blocks and things. <laughs> appetite, it's called. Oh, Yo, appetite. Uh, appetite's in A4. Yeah. Before is yeah, there, yeah, 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 a warehouse yeah. here next door. Yeah. All these like funky designs and things and stuff. It's yeah, cool. it's a nice little spot. Mm. Once you get past the industrial area outdoors, it's oh, like, it's not immediately obvious. Like yeah. where you should be and going. Then, in, then it's a bit more arty, artisan creative. Yeah, they have gallery, art studio, dance studio. We have a, a parkour XB as well. So, um, what will your new place look like? Like, what's your ideal? Oh, it's going to be really cool. It's got a proper parkour space with partly permanent uh, built stuff. Actually, I'm replicating some of the famous parkour landmarks where parkour started in France, and I replicated those cool. stuff in the gym. That's cool. Just wanted to make myself happy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you paint the Eiffel Tower so very small on the wall <laughs> yeah. in the perspective, like it's just over there. So a mix of permanent stuff, and we use this equipment, German equipment from a company called Cube, and they do, I don't know if you come to the gym, you'll see they, prov- they, they, they manufacture... Um, boxes and walls and towers they're all on wheels they have a wheeling system so you could move those obstacles around as much as you want to and they have those holes then you, co- like you can connect bars yeah I've seen that so they're really really functional and you can move them around as, as much as you want so there's a lot of possibilities with this equipment yeah and that, is that ready to go now or are you just, you're opening it soon uh, we are finalizing presentation, talking to investors now, and hope, hopefully opening sometime in September. Oh, the cool. place is ready to go. We, have, we found a place nearby in Alcos. Yeah. Um, and now it's about locking the, the right investor partner with us. Yeah, yeah. getting the money out, getting yeah, on the table. Exactly. Yeah, fair enough. So for now, people can get you at Parkour DXB. Yeah. So Parkour DXB is the Instagram account, and the website is www.parkour.ae. That's the website. And you've got beginners classes, Ryan. Beginners classes, advanced classes, kids classes, family class, which actually is funny on Saturday morning. Family class is the kids who are two years old that come with their parents. Yeah. So it's uh, one of the parents, either the mum or the dad, who come with their kid, and they do the parkour class together. That's cool. And it's also a way to create, uh, to create a bound, you know, between the, the Yeah, that's also sure, man. That's yeah. a great idea. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, uh, Stefan. We'll, myself and Matt will definitely yeah, come good. over and check yeah, it yeah, out for at sure. some point and we'll, we'll do a few oh, posts. Up. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure. Um, if you ever ha- have anything else coming up in the future, any competitions or events or whatever, let, let us know. Cool. All right. Cheers, mate. See you.